Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Go to sleep, go to sleep, close your big bloodshot eyes, you're a dope and you're a and I hope you don't wake up. A tourney, a tealy, a Is it over? <clears throat> oh, we're over oh, on. We're live. Hey, uh, welcome. Uh, you are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you live on a Tuesday night, February the 5th, 2019. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And oh, we are here. We have survived watching that Super Bowl on Sunday, Super Bowl 53, won by the Patriots over the Rams, uh, 13 to three, I believe. I, I don't know. I, I clearly nodded off. I don't have any idea what happened. Uh, Jay, that was, um, that was a thing. It was, uh, about the dullest Super Bowl you could imagine. It was the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. And I, I think I, just finally woke up from it like just right now. Uh, I I don't know where to even start with this uh, particular game because it was just it was just awful. Huh? What? We're on. We're, we're live. Oh, I, I think. Jeez. Yeah, I heard the lullabies and started me make me think I was watching Super Bowl again. Yeah. No, you're. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm just waking up. You're. You're Jay Z tonight. The Z is in Z's. Getting your Z's in. Yeah. Man, that, that was rough. That, that was. Uh, yeah, that was. That was terrible. I mean, you know, you sit there and you want to. You're watching the game and 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 counting away the minutes and hours of your life that you'll never get back. So that's bad enough. And waiting for something to happen. And then you have to realize that, oh, my God, you're the co-host of a podcast that has to break down this garbage. <laughs> and, you know, and I was ready to come on the show. I'm like, oh, do you remember that thing? Oh, what about, what about that other thing that, that happened? Or, or that, oh, no, I don't remember that either. Oh, oh, wait, you remember that big play? Oh, nope. That never happened. 
I mean, 13 to three, that's unacceptable. Okay. 13 to three is acceptable. If you are the 2000 Ravens playing the 85 bears <laughs> in a super bowl, 13 to three is acceptable. 13 to three is unacceptable when it, it, it you know, and, and you and I are not on the side of, we hate defensive games. I mean, some of the best games that we've ever seen have been, you know, low scoring, hard hitting smash mouth football. That was not hard hitting smash mouth football with great defense. That was, was awful. And, and there's no other words to describe it. Uh, worst ratings in a decade. Uh, probably has something to do with the fact that it was the Super Bowl matchup nobody wanted. So right. they had that aspect on top of it. So you have the Patriots, who everybody hates, playing a team from a city that nobody cares about football in and doesn't deserve a franchise, let alone two, because Los Angeles has proven that they can't support the NFL. So not a compelling matchup uh, from that standpoint. You thought it would be more of a compelling matchup from an X's and O's standpoint. But, oh, my God, everything about that game just sucked. I'm glad it was quick. I mean, it was zippy. You know, it, the game just, you know, right along. But, but I mean, it was just everything about the game was just sort of blah. The commercial sucked. Halftime was boring. Eh, it, you know, you, you, you thought, started to get a little bit of excitement late just because there was some, some offense. But when what, the first play in the red zone takes place with seven minutes left to go in the game. <laughs> oh, my God. How do, you make, how do you make that exciting? You've got the number one versus, I believe, the number four offense in football. Um, and it, and it, it, it turned into a, a battle of the minds between Wade Phillips and, and Bill Belichick, you know, with the defense, uh, the more defensive-minded guys out there. Sean McVay looked like he was completely outmatched and outclassed, like, Rams have apparently never seen a zone defense in their lives before. <laughs> just, just uh, Jared utter, Goff never just, seen oh, one before. He was Tom Brady played like crap night. too. Yes, he was not good. Uh, give full give full credit to Wade Phillips and that Rams defense. You want to talk about one of the greatest wasted efforts of all time? Because uh, you saw it on Sunday if you were paying any attention to the game, which was really hard to do. It was. I don't so, even, I even know no, what, how, what words to describe that. That's what I mean. It's like, how do you break a game down? You know, a part of me was thinking, you know, I should have just contacted, because we don't really do any pre-production for the show. And I thought, like, well, let's just say we're going to have our big Super Bowl recap. And then we get on the show and basically just say, like, the show, they're like, oh, that sucked. And then end the show. <laughs> and that would be our Super Bowl 53 recap for all eternity. Um, I'm going to now rename this Super Bowl, Super Bowl L I I I I I That was is the shortest uh, uh, preview for a show that I've ever written. It's one yeah. sentence. <laughs> yes. And the sentence is: Jay and Dre wake up from 50-yard big game just in time I, to talk about just what the hell that was. I don't know. You know, and it's it. The, the game isn't deserving of a of a deep dive. <laughs> It's not. It, it really I wasn't. Mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you can't even get all that, you know, excited about bad calls. There were a couple. There's a holding call. Even Tony Romo on the biggest run of the game, and the uh, Rams were front finally trying to get something going. They called holding on the Rams. It just didn't exist. Um, <laughs> maybe, well, not maybe. Brandon Cooks got interfered with, but it was sort of sneaky interference. It wasn't like the blatant, you know. 
Nikhil Roby Coleman type interference. Um, the, the, you get the, the three penalties ball. in one. Yeah, you don't get the three penalties in one. He, he didn't have no. the trifecta. But no, that was interference. That was that was interference most of the season. But the, you know, and the very next play, it was the the ball was intercepted and the game was basically over. Right. Um, there was a touchdown opportunity for the Rams um, where the Patriots defender got back late, just just in time to knock the touchdown catch out of the receiver's hand. That that was a well, that that was kind of an exciting moment. Uh, I and guess. Good good job, Jason McCourty. Uh, way to go. Woo. Yeah. Um. yeah. My, my uh, Johnny Hecker punted the hell out of the ball. I guess he was my X factor. <laughs> he set the record. He broke the NFL record for longest punt. They, Yo, they didn't a, run a fake that, punt. They didn't run anything like really tricky. Where, where, you had two weeks to prepare. Where, where was the. Right. You know, Sean McVay clearly doesn't have the stones of Doug Peterson. I can tell you that. Or he may not have the quarterback that Doug Peterson had, or you know, you know, it's Nick Foles. So we're not talking about a, a great player, but really, Jared Goff it. reverted all the way back to oh, yeah. Jeff Fisher, J- yeah. Jared Goff. I was like, gonna, he was, I was so to, afraid. If I had enough time to devote to social media, I was going to start my hash. My, I put it on the the thing when I did the hashtag, the next Sean McVay, right? Yeah. I was. Gonna, putting up pictures of, of guys with that hashtag and like Jeff Fisher would have been the first one. <laughs> Man. Cause that it, sure it, looked it, like that sure looked like the Jeff Fisher Rams and, and, and the Jeff Fisher, Jared Goff, but that's the super bowl. And this is what you came up with. Yeah. No, I mean, if you got a kid that uh, as great as golf has been, we know that he's capable of turtling and having some really bad games. And if this if that's what he does in the in the biggest moment, then that's that's all you can do. There's not much yeah. Sean McVay can do if his quarterback is going to completely take a, a shit in the middle of the field and and be uh, afraid as hell of of any kind of zone coverage or whatever uh, the Patriots were doing that stopped him from throwing the ball on third down. Just just looking, just standing there looking and looking and looking and looking yeah. on third and two. It do take off, do something, get rid of it. What do something. Yeah. So, and I'll give further evidence as to hear why now Tom Brady is, is not the GOAT. <laughs> Just bear with me here for a minute. Because, you know, I, I've always been all over my point differential or anything like that. But the the performance that you saw from the Rams, right? What would, what would the final score of that game have been with, like, a like a Joel Montana offense? Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Steve, Steve, yeah. Fred Favre. <laughs> No, though the Patriots get the ball punted to them eight straight times. Eight straight times the Patriots get the ball on a punt and get three points. Go. So do not – you can't crap all over the Rams. You can't because they lost. But you got to crap over all over just as much the Patriots because they didn't, they didn't really do much to win the game. They had one drive. Which was the same play the, uh, over and over and over. That, right. was, that was their yeah. game plan. Same formation, same play. Yeah. It was over and over because the Rams couldn't stop it. No, well, the opposite of the, yeah. of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, uh, 
a couple of years ago, last year, the Eagles uh, beating the Patriots. It, feel, it feels like a couple of years ago because it feels like I lost a year of my life watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, the Super Bowl last year where all it took was a couple of defensive plays for somebody to make, and that's, that was it. That, that was good enough to win the game. And this year, all it took was a couple of offensive plays, and that's all it took for anybody to win. Anybody, if the Rams would have made a couple of offensive plays first, they would have won the game. And, and I would have lost the pick and, and lost the handicapping championship and just lost the whole season. And but it, it just took a couple. All it took was Tom Brady getting a couple of, of balls in the air to, to Gronkowski and all those throws to Edelman. Uh, that, that's all it took. Just to make a couple throws. And golf couldn't even make a couple of throws. It, it was it was bad. Yeah, and the Rams' defense was adjusting. They started finally. You know, they, they, they you could see that they were adapting, and the defense was sort of learning what the Patriots were doing for most of the, it's like, and you just kept giving your offense the ball back and they just kept going nowhere and taking sacks to get out of field goal range or, you know, uh, just did a lot of movement between the twenties and, and actually not even a lot of movement between the twenties, because if you were between the twenties, you'd have seen a lot more field goals. You're talking a lot of movement between, uh, you know, the 40. these teams are getting to like the 40 and stopping. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and it was the most basic rudimentary game strategy you could possibly come across for yep. the Patriots. Just stop the, the Rams run, stop the running game, and stop any deep balls, and just watch Jared Goff wilt under pressure. And that that was it. Apparently all, all it took. Bill Belichick saw now, everything he needed. The Rams sort of stopped their own running game uh, without – having Todd Gurley out there. So that whole mystery continues into the off season that clearly he wasn't, they say he was fine. He's fine. That's what I keep hearing. He's fine. Nothing to see here. Candidate that got like (laughs) two carries the entire postseason. I know it was one Uh, or two, but it it felt like about two, but he's fine. Um, mm, Didn't look fine. Uh, You didn't use him like he was fine. And when he did run the ball, he didn't look like he was fine. He didn't have that burst clearly. And they knew it, and everybody else knew it. Now, why you got to be secretive and not address it or, or you know, why you got to act like you, you're hiding a state secret, I don't know. But clearly he wasn't yeah. the same player that, that he was earlier in the season. And yeah, it, C.J. Anderson, you know, had his run earlier in the playoffs, but he clearly didn't have it as, uh, as well. And that's all it took. Just stop the run and stop any deep balls, and then the Patriots didn't have to do anything else. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know who my MVP of the game was? Who's that? Tony Romo. <laughs> who? And I said this early in the last part of the last season. Um, I have, we haven't really talked about it much. That I really enjoyed his commentary, and I, I continue to I continue to be entertained by the work that he is doing. I think it's a little over-enthusiastic at times. Uh, I think there may have been a prop bet uh, after watching that AFC Championship game uh, for how many times he was going to say, here we go, during the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, he, you know, I mean, he's spot on. I mean, you don't get a lot of guys who are, who are that, you know, just he clearly knows the game of football. And they doing a great job that now now they do need, they need to free him from the the stifling mediocrity of Jim Nance as being the head guy 
um, at CBS. They want, who's, they want stifling mediocrity. That's exactly oh, what I they know, want. I know. I know. If you, well, yes. Look at CBS's lineup of TV shows. Stifling mediocrity should be their um, <laughs> should should be their uh, their motto. <laughs> and also, sports wise, it's just the the standard practice that your play by play guy is going to be a stand is is standard mediocrity. Look at Fox He's with just, Joe Buck. Oh man, yeah. I mean, he is just a stiff. I mean, yeah, Joe Buck's a total stiff. Joe, Joe Buck tries to be cool. It doesn't work. Um, no. You know, and Joe, and Buck and Aikman, and Aikman craps all over all the NFC teams because he beat them all. And that's why it was so funny that when they did that first Thursday night, one of the first Thursday night football games with Buck and Aikman, when they were calling an AFC-only matchup, that it's probably the best I'd ever heard Buck and Aikman in the booth because you didn't get Troy Aikman crapping all over the other team who he, cause he clearly has his biases. Um, but no, I, I enjoy the commentary, but even, even a, even a, a good team in the booth or, or any entertainment that you get from that, you know, and, and Tony Romo's clearly, he's telling you, cause you're seeing it. I'm seeing it. He's telling you it like what the Rams need to be doing to be successful. Uh, this was pretty much after he, he pulled full on Nostradamus during the AFC championship game and pretty much predicted everything the Patriots were going to do. Yeah. I mean, as it yeah, was happening, he, I mean, if, if the Rams yeah. had, the Rams needed to hire him. Yeah. Well, someone needs to hire him, put him in his, in their front office or make him a coach or something. Yeah. Guy, well, the guy knows what he's doing. He's entertaining. He's clearly a smart guy. Uh, he knows the game of football. I, I, I do appreciate his commentary, and uh, I, 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 Jim Nance is just such a, such a stiff that it's you know that that it's really hard for me to get excited about it. But I guess I'd take I'd take those two over that Monday night team um, with with Booger McFarland <laughs> on his roller coaster um, going up and down the sideline, and uh, whatever the you know Bucket Jason Wooden was just bad. You know, ESPN needs to back up the truck and try to hire Romo away from CBS or something. Or Gruden might be back. Who knows? What's the clock is ticking. <laughs> he could be doing I don't know. Camp pretty pretty soon. I don't know. Mark Davis you know, is, is that much of a dunce that he might keep Gruden <laughs> around forever. Who who knows? Yeah, you know, you could get the whole Raiders front office and get a decent uh, a decent team. You get a decent play-by-play guy, then you get Gruden and Mayock. Right, They're much better yeah, on, on TV than in the front office. <laughs> I, 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 but I don't, I don't know. We don't know. Jury's out on Mayock because I guess this is his first um, gig uh, doing mm. this type of stuff. We know, we know he can scout talent, which it seems like what they've mostly brought him in for. Um, cause he's pretty much deferred to Gruden, you know, Murga as, uh, as the man, but I mean, we're, we were 12 minutes into this show and I was, I was tapped out on talking about the Super Bowl, but I, you know, it's an hour long show. <laughs> You've already I'm, diverted I'm stretching. I'm talking, else. Yeah. I've, I've already stretched into my MVP being the color commentator. Yeah. Obviously he, uh, all that predicting the plays and stuff, the uh, CBS, Maybe uh, I guess they got enough complaints to go to to Romo and say you need to to cut that out because he didn't predict any plays in the Super Bowl, and I really think he he wants to. He, you can almost hear him brimming at the seams and ready to call what what he sees on the field and call out exactly what's about to happen. Well, he, he, he could probably but, do it every yeah. play. 
But the funny thing was he wasn't doing it for the Chiefs in that AFC Championship game. He wasn't predicting what the Chiefs were going to do. He was only predicting what the Patriots were going to do, which meant they must have been telegraphing something or they had enough tells that if you paid attention, you could see the signs. But, yeah, I mean. That's the thing. Belichick and Brady have been around for the past 75 years. So anybody that's been watching them do what they do at a high level, as Tony Romo has being an NFL quarterback for the last 15 years, probably does know exactly what they're going to do on every single play. Whereas – Pat Mahomes just got here, so you really can't necessarily tell everything that's going to happen. Or Andy Reid is a bit of you know a bit more creative, <laughs> I guess. Possibly that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and no. Josh McDaniels can't can't be all that creative with Patriots because what's he working with? What what a forty one year old quarterback <laughs> and, and 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 slot receivers at every position and number three receivers all around the field. Yes. So yeah. I mean, there's no, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, the Super Bowl MVP, Julian Edelman, um, the hot take, of course, out of the Super Bowl about him is that uh, he's going to make the Hall of Fame off of games like no. this, playoff games. No. And- <laughs> no, there was the whole the whole week before the Super Bowl, there was this push that it, I don't know if you'd watched any of it, but a lot of the talking head shows. I, I heard a little of it. We're, we're starting a lot of this Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer push. No, no, Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer. Why isn't Dion Branch a Hall of Famer? Yeah. There's a hot take right back at you. No, we, well, or we Troy have to Brown. Defer- I mean, you, Troy, when Tom Brady puts the ball up 56 times in a Super Bowl or 62 times like he did against Atlanta, a lot of ball. There's only so many guys you have. Balls are going to guys. But no, Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. But we have to differentiate between our opinion of is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer and will Julian Edelman someday be a Hall of Famer? Because whether we I think he think is or not doesn't really I matter. I still think he's not. I still don't think he's a Hall of Famer. See, I think he's going to get in one day. I don't uh, know just, just, when. Just but for Patriot slurping? It, is that what it, it's, it's going to be? It, that's, a, that's a part of it. It's Patriot slurping. It's, a, it's East Coast slurping. It's, uh, it's almost like the Yankees. And, and I think of, uh, if there wasn't a, a PED thing around Andy Pettit, he probably would already be in. And he's, he yeah, wasn't like that Mike good. Yeah, like Mike Messina is not a Hall he, of Famer. Mike Messina is not a Hall of Famer, and he just got in, so. Right. If he if Musina played his whole career in Seattle, he would not he not he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. No, um, Mike Musina pitched fourteen years for the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> and had the exact same stats, he wouldn't yeah. have sniffed the Hall of Fame. He'd get ten percent of the vote. Um no, it's definitely Patriots bias, East Coast bias is gonna get him in. Uh, he's basically gonna be like a little bit like Scottie Pippen, uh, in that you can look at what Brady has done in winning these Super Bowls, and you can make the argument that he wouldn't – not that he wouldn't win any of them without Edelman, but that – what think about this particular Super Bowl just for, exist, uh, just for an example. If Edelman wasn't there and didn't do what he did, what would the Patriots have done? Look at what little they did with him going crazy with 10 catches for a buck 40 or whatever that he did. If he wasn't there, they might still be playing. It might be a three-three tie in overtime, and they might still be going. So they're they're gonna trot that out and go. Oh my God! For all the greatness of Tom Brady, what would he be without Julian Edelman? It's, they're gonna make that argument and sort of compare him to yeah, the tip in that Tom respect. Brady, I don't Tom agree Brady, with it, but 
he he's they were winning Super Bowls before he was there. No, I, I understand that. He, he so wasn't they, there for for all six rings. But I'm just saying what what the argument they're gonna make is gonna be. Well they're idiots. They're gonna make it <laughs> that that's uh I, I, I can agree I, with that as well. No, it's, it's so much of this is that with the 24-hour news cycle, you have to fill some of these stations now where it is talking head shows from morning until evening. And you notice a lot of them end up like taking the same talking points from every other show if you watch them well, in a row. definitely. So they're clearly being fed these talking points. I mean, it's obvious they're not coming up with these on their own. Somebody at ESPN, somebody at Fox goes through and says, here are the talking points for the day. Now you, all of you, we want your unique takes, unique takes on all of these and tailor your uh, things around them. There is, I believe it's the show on Fox with Jason Whitlock, your, my, my, my favorite guy. And, uh, shit. I think it's, and Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. And they're the two, and they're the two guys talking. And uh, the question came up, and, and no, Marcellus Wiley crapped all over Julian Edelman. <laughs> so he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and we talk about this all the time. Like, there can be a Hall of really good, right? Right. And, and Julian Edelman's really good. He's a really good slot receiver, maybe one of the best ever. But Julian Edelman's not – and I don't even put him in best ever. He's just, he just gets a lot of balls thrown his way. I was about to say, if you call him one of the best slot receivers ever, then you're kind of That's why I took it back. All of <laughs> That's why I took it back, because there have been a lot of great slot receivers throughout time, right? Sure. But he, right. he makes he makes some space. Him and Tom Brady have been playing so long together, they kind of know where the guy's going to be, and – but yeah, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. When he gets in, and I'm telling you, he's going to get in. Ugh. That that video of his is going to be that arrow route just over and over again because no one does anything like that uh, <laughs> as, as well as he does. <laughs> just run seven yards downfield, fake like you're going one way, and then go and, and right there. So yeah, it's it's a limited skill, but he's he seems to have perfected it and. Uh, again, I don't know where the Patriots would have been uh, without him. So th- there's there's certainly something for that. But yeah, the the Rams' uh, futility and after all the numbers they were putting up and and all the the greatness of their offense, uh, they went to sleep in the second half of the season, woke back up for the for the playoffs, and really confused people like me trying to to pick their games because I didn't know which Rams team you're going to get, and, and you got the 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 great Rams against the Cowboys. You got terrible Rams for the first three quarters against the Saints, and then they sort of woke up. And then you got the terrible Rams the entire game here uh, against the Patriots. So they're very inconsistent, very young, still very inexperienced, uh, which is what I was calling on, picking against them all three games in the playoffs this year against the spread. I was calling on their in the, uh, inexperience and uh saying that they weren't quite ready yet, that they were building up to, to being a really solid, consistent team, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, but, yeah, Jared Goff looks so terrible, looked so uh, indecisive. Uh, pro football focus, I didn't get this sound drop. that You would have really laughed and, and liked this. They said that the, the Rams offense in the Super Bowl and Jared Goff specifically – 
not adjusting to what New England was doing, the Rams coaching staff not adjusting to what New England was doing at all the entire game. Uh, they said it reminded them, uh, they said when you don't, when you have a great offense that puts up all these numbers and then somebody comes in with a defense that stifles you and you can't make an adjustment, all of a sudden now you're Mike McCarthy and you just turn into, oh, no. you, you don't know what you're doing. They said it by name, Mike McCarthy. Wow. You don't know how to make an adjustment. Yeah. Then that's what it turns into. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, eight straight punts to start oh, okay, the game. There, was, you cracked up yep, really nope. bad. It was you, you gave me the telltale oh. sign of being gone again. So I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to. I was waiting for you to just not be there and to have to take over for a few minutes. But that that's a funny one because I'm everyone, not dead that's been, yet. That's been that's been my calling card on this show over the last few seasons. <laughs> Uh, with the uh, lack of adjustments uh, by Mark McCarthy and the Packers offense. And no, they, they just kept doing the same thing over and just kept thinking it was going to work. And and, and again, did. in the broadcast, they are highlighting all the intermediate stuff that's wide open. Yeah, but, all the underneath know, stuff that, yeah. that golf couldn't find a, a way to get rid of the ball, couldn't locate those guys. He was just, just panicked. It was just, that's yeah. all you can say is it was just panic. But when, but when Goff actually did just, you know, and, and it was uh, towards the end when they were pinned back and and uh, the broadcast and Romo was you know, talking about, you know, this is where, where he just needs to stand in there and take some shots and get rid of it quick and deliver the ball. And, and they kind of started, you know, he started doing a little bit of that. But they got greedy and they just, they couldn't put together the drive. And it was just, you know, the, the geniusness uh just did not allow them to do what Tom Brady and the Patriots will do to you to death, which is just paper cut you all the way down the field and, and go on a long sustained drive. And I'm thinking that's what Bill Belichick was sort of banking on was that the Rams were not going to be able to just take what's there and go on a long sustained drive. They were always looking for that home run and it always ended up in a sack. And every time it ended up in one of these long, uh, big coverage sacks, they go to the, 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 top-down footage, and there's dudes, running back, <laughs> guy in the slot, somebody in the middle of the field. There's always somebody open. And they, they're highlighting this in the broadcast. Like, there were dudes for the Rams open all mm-hmm. the time. The Patriots' defense is garbage. But because the deep ball wasn't there, uh, Jared Goff turtled. It was awful to watch. It was surprising to watch, and it was just really, really bad television. Uh the Around the NFL podcast referenced your uh, favorite game of all time with the uh, the Chiefs and the Rams breaking the scoreboard, and you uh, about how that's not real football, and, and they right. brought that up uh, in a sound drop that I think uh, you would probably like. This is from the Around the NFL podcast as they recapped this past Super Bowl. When halftime hit, I thought of the two teams who combined for over 100 points in that shootout. The Chiefs and Rams, two of the best offenses of the season, combined for zero points in the first half the last two games against the Patriots, who allowed seven points in the first half of three playoff games. The last team to do that was the wow. 85 Bears. Against three, statistically, of the best five offenses in football. I mean, it's it's really insane because who is the Patriots' best defensive player? It's what, Flowers and... Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore, but these aren't guys. That's what that, I'm saying. Mention Brian Flores yeah. more than twice during the broadcast, that's possibly. Fair. Just, you that's, know. Fair. that's fair. 
Yeah, they uh, really did give a lot of credit to uh, on the podcast to the New England Patriots defensive scheme. Brian Flores, the, D- yep. the D.C., who's going right to the Miami Dolphins as their head coach after this. Uh, but, yeah, that's quite the thing when you think about what the Patriots did defensively with the uh, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and in a dome situation on turf on a fast track, the L.A. Rams basically just stifled all of them. Uh, the Chiefs woke up in the in the at the tail end of the second half, but before that, they were asleep just as much as the Chargers, just as much as the Rams. And I, I like to call the the call the Patriots defense trash. That's been my calling card uh, as part of why I never really believed in them the last few years. Uh, even though I wound up picking them in this game, I definitely did not have them at the beginning of the year. And but there's got to be something about scheming it up and, and coaching defensively to make them look this stout because they look like they could play defense with anybody the way they looked in, in these playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, man, I don't know. It, it's it's tough because, again, this is a year after they gave up 41 and had a 41 hung up on them by uh, a backup quarterback and a, and a rookie head coach. And mm-hmm. they, they come out this year and they give up three. Now they gave up a lot of points to the chiefs cause that got crazy in the fourth quarter and that yeah. could have gone either way. And they had actually blown that lead twice uh, to the point, you know, where the, where the chiefs had the lead. Um, so it wasn't, you know, and, and they got up so fast and so early on the chargers that by the time the chargers mounted any type of a comeback, it was, it was not going to, it was just not going to happen. It was just too much. The Rams had opportunities. And I think it wasn't so much that it was great defense in the Super Bowl. I think it was inexperience. It, it really was. just it was, it was sad. Would the okay, Saints have that. done that? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I see your point. It wasn't necessarily the scheming up. It was the fact that the, the Rams and Goff and, and their 12-year-old coach didn't know how to, to make the adjustment. But uh, – the the Chiefs don't have a twelve year old coach, and they looked like uh, they looked about this bad for the first half. And, and the Chargers certainly uh, don't have a, a young quarterback, and, and Philip Rivers couldn't solve the the Patriots at all either. So no. there's I, I don't know exactly what to put my my finger on, but it's certainly not the great New England uh, defensive players. They didn't get good players uh, overnight. They just so I, I got to give it to the coaching for them uh, looking as well as they looked uh, in these playoffs. And and maybe it was Brian Flores. Maybe he's like a defensive guru, defensive wizard, because that wasn't a Matt Patricia defense out there, was it? Wow. No, it wasn't. The, the genius with the pencil behind his ear. Uh, I don't think they would have done this in, in these playoffs with Matt Patricia running the show. So maybe Brian Floyd, you know, because the, the one of the other things in the run up to the Super Bowl that all the talking head media was talking about was uh, the, the legacy of the Patriots. Right. Belichick, you know, of his, you know, because he's the greatest head coach of all time. And a lot of the pushback to that was, but yeah, but everybody who coaches for him, who goes on to coach other places is a disaster. Suck. There is no coaching tree. This is not Bill Walsh, right? Right, where you're going to populate half the league with head coaches who are all going to be so good that they then begin to populate the league with their disciples, um, and and they start branching out. 
just about every head coach that has come out of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, absolutely terrible. Josh McDaniels, disaster. Matt Patricia, so far, disaster. Uh, Bill O'Brien, I guess Bill O'Brien's been okay. I know you're not his biggest fan. I respect what he's uh, – I respect his offensive mind. I don't know if he's made out to be a head coach in the NFL, but I respect yeah. what he's and, and, his and, knowledge. And there's some others. Um, but, yeah, that's just funny that uh, to actually hear and people – Yeah, <laughs> to actually that hear multiple was a disaster. people crap all over the legacy of Bill Belichick not being able to produce – a, 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 you know, a grade A quality NFL head coach under him. Yeah, I wonder uh, how many of those guys are going to, uh, in the future, maybe take it easy on the attitude and, and try to actually establish themselves instead of coming right out with the, the Belichick type of uh, power grab. I'm going to run the show and I'm going to show everybody that that was Eric Mangini's big thing was he was going to take over the whole building and show everybody how an organization is run from the top down uh, and without having accomplished anything himself. Uh, and right. that, you see how, you see how that worked out. Uh, Romeo Cronell got a shot uh, as well, I believe, uh, out yeah. of the Belichick tree he did. and didn't really do anything with it. So yeah. There's uh, a lot of rotten fruit laying below the Belichick tree, huh? <laughs> yes, there is. Uh but you, you still can't deny the, the six rings, and no matter what, you, nope. you're not going to be able to take those away. It will, uh, I fully expect that by the end of our lifetimes that that trophy will be named after him. I do, too. I was thinking about that, uh, that the, 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 uh, the, the Hallis trophy will uh, eventually be the Hallis Belichick trophy or something like oh, that. Oh, uh, well, in the AFC, I believe it's the uh, – the AFC is the Lamar Hunt Trophy. It's Lamar Hunt, Whoops. so they may. I don't know if they'll switch that, but the Super Bowl Trophy is the Lombardi Trophy. Okay, I was. Uh, I got my the Hallis, legendary uh, coaches the, mixed up. Hallis is yeah, the NFC, the Hallis, and Lombardi the is the, the NFC. Thing. Right, Lombardi is the. Is, you know, I I could see that being a Lombardi Belichick type split. Yeah. You know. I agree. It, it won't be. I mean, immediate, but yeah. I mean, Years yeah. down the road, yeah. I, can, I mean, if the NFL is all about money, and if you got a, if you got a guy on, you know, if you got a bunch of dead presidents' pictures on there, and you need to make some room, someone's going to have to come off the money <laughs> to put Belichick on there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You know, or if you uh, have a Mount Rushmore of coaches, someone's face is getting blasted off because when he when he's done and it's all said and done, you can't you can't deny eight Super Bowls. I'm sorry, nine nine Super Bowl appearances, six championships. Uh, Patriots are tied with the Steelers now for most Super Bowl championships. Uh, I, I'm just going to have to completely wreck the Patriots now and just pick them to, to go to the Super Bowl next year so they don't get anywhere close. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I have no idea who I'm picking in the AFC. We already know my NFC yep. pick. I've already and, and, picked the Falcons to win it all. And ironically, uh, you are not alone. There are people who, a lot of people are are already even in the after, because in the aftermath of the Super Bowl, all you could start talking about was 2019. Sure. Nobody wanted to talk about the Super Bowl as a legacy or any of that. People just wanted to pretend like the game didn't happen. Well, let's just talk about next next year. Uh, you know, Bleacher Report puts out the article of the of the teams that are ready to contend for a title, like right now. And it's like Falcons, Patriots, Chiefs, and there was one other one on there. Uh, notably absent were the Saints, 
<laughs> I believe the Rams were the other one on there. So yeah. everybody always gives love to the, the Super Bowl loser, although losing the Super Bowl doesn't usually go well. So we'll see. Chiefs yeah, had a rough season and, and, and had to get Nick Foles to come in and bail it out again. Um, Atlanta made the playoffs. And that's actually interesting that the last two Super Bowl losers did make the playoffs, which kind of breaks some tradition. But this Super Bowl with the Rams, it kind of has a Marino feel to it that you, you have a meteoric rise from a young quarterback yeah. and he makes it to the Super Bowl and, and clearly isn't ready for the big moment. And you go, man, his future's so bright. though He'll be back. They'll, they'll definitely be back somewhere <laughs> yeah. down the road. And Marino never made it back. Yeah, but um, Marino was great for a decade and a half after that. Sure. Jared Goff going to be that great for a decade and a half after that? No, never made it back. Never, never had the support. As, I mean, never had the running game. It just, it just never worked out. As the goat proves, you don't have to be as great as Marino to make it back to the Super Bowl and win six rings. Because Brady on his best day is, couldn't touch Dan Marino, but it doesn't matter because he's got the titles. Well, you can. It doesn't make you the greatest of all time. I mean, everybody oh, I wants to say just... I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, right? Six ring, but Bill Russell won ten, right? Sure. Are we just measuring, you know, titles? Because if that's all it is, then, then sure, give it to Brady. He's got six. He's the greatest. He's got six titles. Michael Jordan, you're um, crap. Bill Russell's got ten. I'm just saying, uh, you saying is, is golf going to be as great as Marino to never make it back to a Super Bowl? He doesn't have to be as, as good as Marino, and oh. he might still make it back. So it's just kind of the luck of the draw a little bit, and, the, the of course, the uh, who else is surrounding you and who's on the other teams, uh, on the other side as far as your, your team's defense. Because, again, a lot of people focus on the quarterback and don't pay attention to the other side of the ball realizing that the quarterback doesn't play defense at all. He, there's only so much he can do. He, he, he controls one half of the game, and that's it. So if the Patriots' defense didn't come out and do what they did to, to Jared Goff, then Brady doesn't have a sixth ring because he didn't play like a, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback at all. Uh, no. They said it on the well, one of these podcasts I was listening to, I think the Around the NFL podcast, if you tell the Rams and their high-flying offense going into the Super Bowl that the Patriots are going to put up 13, and all you got to do to win the Super Bowl is get two touchdowns. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, here we go, because we're definitely going to do that. So, again, back to giving as much credit to the Patriots' defense as possible, because they really are uh, what won the Super Bowl. It wasn't Peyton Manning uh, with the Broncos bad, but mm-hmm. it, no. it was pretty bad. It, you know, that Super Bowl was interesting. Because I do still give a lot of credit to Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning was terrible in that Super Bowl, but Peyton Manning knew it. Peyton Manning knew he was hurting his team. Throw the bad turnover, don't make the the stupid mistake. Peyton Manning knew that a three and out and a punt was still better than a a noodle arm pick six or getting strip sacked, something Cam Newton did not learn um, in a Super Bowl, right? The strip sacks and, and holding on to the ball to Peyton Manning was... I would call him terribly efficient <laughs> at the Super Bowl because he was he was bad, but he knew what he was doing. He knew he didn't have it anymore, and, and that takes I mean that takes some humility 
that a lot of guys don't have. I don't even know if Brady would have that humility if he got to the end and he was truly done and he was getting carried by a defense and he couldn't be the guy. He couldn't make that throw to Edelman anymore. He just had nothing left in the tank. Would he have it in himself to, to not try to even make the throw? Because Peyton Manning was not even – he was having none of it. The, the best offense for the Denver Broncos in that Super Bowl was their defense, and Peyton Manning knew it. And then that, that effort I, – I commend that effort. Because it, was, well, it was the worst effort at that point by a winning Super Bowl quarterback. It probably still is the worst. Yeah. No, it takes a lot of uh, self-awareness, too, which most great athletes don't have a lot of self-awareness no. because you don't become a great athlete with a whole lot of self-awareness. You just kind of go for it and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, so I, I don't know any – I can't name a single quarterback that would have, you know, gimped themselves in the <laughs> Super Bowl, right, to, to mm-hmm. just for the ring. And he did it. Jared Goff didn't learn a lesson. He, like you, like you said, he got it going late and then got greedy and, and tried too much and wound up getting picked off right there uh, near well, the goal that, line. That, the pick right after the, you know, the, the, the maybe it was defensive. Yeah, it was pass interference. Uh, the, <laughs> after that play, the uh, the heave, it was the same, it was just like the yeah. same route and it was just a total heave and it was terrible. It was a bad decision, it, bad that was, execution, that was a bad everything. Yard, that was a schoolyard heave. I know that because I did it enough. <laughs> like, you don't want to get sacked. Just throw that thing out there and hope something good happens. And even the receiver was lost. Brandon Cook was like, what? That was for me? <laughs> yeah, that, that, I was supposed to. Okay. Um, so, yeah, bad bad effort for golf all around. Um, New England, uh, this is really – felt like it was going to go a different way uh, as someone who picked New England and was sitting there, you know, rocking back and forth. And uh, uh, the first drive where New England uh, runs and runs and runs and runs it down the the Rams' throat, uh, and then Brady's first throw of the game gets picked off. And you talk about a a door opening for the Rams to just, oh, okay, every time Brady throws, we're going to just pick him off. You know, we can do whatever we want. You would have thought that would have relaxed Jared Goff and relaxed the Rams. Like, okay, we can take over now. We we got the first drive. It looked like they were going to run us over, and they wound up turning it over on the first throw. So, you know, lucky break for us. Let's go take advantage. Let's go play our game, uh, which, of course, they didn't do. But uh, but I was worried. I was like, is this going to be one of those Brady games in the Super Bowl like last year? Like, uh, you know, and he, he, put, he put up a lot of – Yards, he scored a lot of points, but he also had a lot of plays where it was like, oh, you know, I thought it was going to oh, be yeah, one of Brady those. Was, Brady was off just in general. I mean, any any little tiny – and just like we always know, any little tiny bit of pressure, and he was mm-hmm. off the spot. I mean, there were a lot of errant throws again. And, you know, when when he was clean and all he had to do was throw those little darts, um, th- then he was, he was Tom Brady. That's just what he does. He's, he's accurate on that short and intermediate stuff, and he'll kill you, uh, you know, death by paper cuts. And that That's just the way they do their offense, and that that's good for them. I, I commend them for it. They, they won now, the Super the... Bowl, and, you know, the only winners in the Super Bowl were uh, you 
for winning the picks, finally putting me away, and the Patriots. Yeah. Everybody else, losers. Everybody. I watched the whole thing. It was, the it was fa- yeah, anybody who watched the whole game, like you and I, I actually quit. I gave up on the game at about the two-minute warning. I was like, how's this thing is over? And, uh, but no, everybody who watched, everybody who paid advertising, because even, oh, some of those commercials, oh. Yeah, they, they yeah, talk I don't, about Super Bowl uh, commercials. I think we've I think we've jumped the shark now on Super Bowl commercials. I think I think those are officially just not a thing anymore. They release them online like a week before now, so you don't even have the anticipation where you got to see them. And the ones that you do see are just bad. It was a bad year for commercials. That's that's for sure. Very bad year for commercials. I don't, I don't know. Did you get over, your, did you get your social? Did you get your social justice angle at all for the halftime show? Because you were really pushing that hard on the last show. Absolutely not. And I was only pushing Although, it always, as just—it uh, was just an angle. It was just something to look forward to because there was so little to look forward yes. to. So I, was Although, just, it, uh, no. Well, I was going to say my daughter did have line of the night when that when one of the rappers and I don't know which one it was came rolling boy. out in his came rolling out in his caddy. With the big mink coat on, my daughter, who's watching the halftime show with us, says verbatim, this is quote, why is that guy wearing a super soft girly jacket? <laughs> that was that was from my daughter. And I said that to you right away. Um, but no, that that she's just, you know, just deadpan completely just looks at my wife. Why is that guy wearing a <laughs> super soft just the way she described it? It's a super soft girly jacket. <sighs> Did you did you have to break it down for honey? That's a black person. They don't do things like we do. <laughs> no, I, I repeated the question when you texted it to me. I repeated it to my wife, and my wife had the the right answer right immediately, yes. which I didn't even think of. Oh, well, he's just he's, he's pimping. That's, that's what they do. He's, he's just pimping. That, that's his style. Oh uh, yeah, yes. that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, you, you can't explain pimping to your daughter because she's too young, no. but. But even but even the even that was boring, right? I was the only thing I was looking forward to possibly was you know a raised fist or some you know a Kaepernick jersey on one of the rappers or something like that. Because again, it was just you know so much uh, in the community uh, in of, of black people online and stuff like that, wondering you know who, was any black acts going to be part of the Super Bowl at all? Cause it, it, once Maroon 5 was announced and, you know, they didn't announce any rappers right at the beginning. It was just Maroon 5 by themselves. It's like, oh, okay. They, they let they must have went to every black person on the planet, and they all said no uh, because of the, the Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, so then when they added a couple of rappers as guest performers, uh, with, you know, with a couple of weeks to go before the Super Bowl, like, oh, okay. Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, have a message or something like that? No, they they didn't. It was just – Pretty straightforward by the by the books. Travis Scott yeah, had half his performance bleeped out. Yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. We just sort of let that go. Yeah, you know, we didn't yeah. say the kids didn't notice, and we didn't say anything. But you know, I mean, Room Five is just one of those. You know, it's such a milk toast top forty. You know, it, inter, they're so interchangeable with so many other things. It's like there, there's no iconography really with them. I guess they have a few big hits. Now, okay. Great. And they have about as much right to be up there as Bruno Mars did, so you know. 
Oh yeah, they, and they probably they probably have more breadth to their discography. I guess I would say if they even have the one of discs, I guess they still have CDs. So we'll still call it a discography. But I, I'm sure they have a little bit more tenure in the marketplace. Um, but you know, for a while there, after the the Nipplegate thing, it became just bring out the geriatric. Yeah, um, I, you know, they were. I think you know. Maroon Five made year, me miss Bowl. Bruce Springsteen actually. <laughs> Super Bowl 54, they're going to dig up the bones of Roy Orbison <laughs> and have them sing, sing Pretty Woman at the halftime show of Super Bowl 54. So, yes, yeah, so let's let's keep the Super Bowl halftime show light and fluffy. And, and, Either that and or a hologram and, of Johnny Cash or something. Oh, yeah, we got Prince, right? Well, Prince he was playing alive on the bed sheets or something. No, 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 <laughs> in, in Minnesota. Wasn't that in Minnesota oh, yeah. last year with Prince playing right. on the bed sheets? Oh my God! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was uh, that was bad. How'd you forget that? That that was like your boy. Because I mean, it was that, bad. He did like two hours straight talking about Prince. I understand that the concept of taking a <laughs> a, a, a Prince performance with, that he obviously did not you know, approve of because he, he can't approve it because he's dead. Well, yeah. Um, and putting it up. It's just and with Justin Timberlake uh, doing a duet with it or something like that. No, no, I, I understand he was trying to honor him, but no, bad, bad idea. Don't, don't do that again. That's a nice stadium up there in Minnesota. I'm sure they'll get another Super Bowl. Uh, so you turn, you turn off at the two minute warning. So uh, you didn't see the uh, the field goal to make it thirteen to three to basically put it away. Uh, right. That was like. Which that was, was like a the fourth only and inches that they didn't right. go for, which yeah, that that's that's the only last bit of drama or whatever that that I wanted to to talk about was, I absolutely thought that that field goal, uh, I thought that should have been a run. The way the Patriots were running the ball, what what they wound up, uh, a buck fifty four as a team, uh, running the football, uh. And it's it really is fourth and inches. The way they measured it, it was basically like three or four chain links away from yeah. from converting that. That's not even you don't even have to have a strong running game. That's that basically to me screamed for the Brady sneak. Oh, that's a Brady uh, sneak. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even if you, but even if you don't want to do that, Burkhead just blast Burkhead up the middle. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think the I know the fear. You know the fear. The fear is, is yeah. you go for it, you don't get it, and it's a ten three game, and the Rams are oh, one play away. He's Belichick. What did he just yeah. do? Oh. The Rams are one play away from tying the game. And honestly, if I'm the Rams and I go down and I get the touchdown at the end, there go for two. Just, just do go it. For two and, and just escape. Yeah. Just either Try go for two and escape, or go for two and give me the cheapest cover of all time in a Super Bowl pick. <laughs> um, which I was kind of holding out some hope for there. But, uh, yeah, if they don't get that, so I, I understand it. And that's faith in Goskowski. Um, he, he's good for missing some. He missed another one in this game. But, you know, right. Belichick trust Belichick trusts his kicker. I, and, fine, uh, but he went to, even and, you if know, you don't that trust ended your kicker. It. Yeah, that ended it. There was, there was no debate after that. That was a 10-point game with a minute to go. No, I get that, but there's too much to go bad on a on a on a kick. Yeah. I don't care well, how much Cody you trust your kicker. Not, Cody Parkey's not your kicker. I I don't whoever the kicker is, the worst that you can think of is it doesn't matter. The snap can be bad. The hold can yeah. be off. The laces can it could be, be out. blocked. 
You get blocked get blocked and have a run back for a touchdown. There's too many things that can potentially go wrong on a, on a field goal to me to, to take that risk. Yeah, I actually you, think that was a bad yeah, coaching move by Belichick, and he got away with it. I agree with you. I actually 100% agree with you. I was aware of the situation. I was, wasn't watching the game, but I was still following it on my phone. And when it comes up on my phone, it says fourth and inches at the whatever it was, 25 or 27-yard line. I'm like, oh, that's a Brady sneak. Right. And then I put my phone down and I picked it up and I see thirteen three and I was like, whoa, wow! Went for the field goal. Yeah, I was I was shocked too. I really was. Oh. Yeah. Good good on the Patriots. They got away with that, thankfully. For but them. if that's the most exciting, that that's like the most that that's what we had. Yeah, to get I, in. Know. Uh, I know. I uh. know. <laughs> and then the only rewindable moment of the night was in the post game that you didn't see. I watched uh, zero. They did not yeah. care. So I'm sitting, my we, my wife and I are sitting there. We're not really watching, watching. It's just on. At this point, the game has, has made me comatose, and I can't move. So I'm watching it. I, 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 I want to change the channel, but I can't because I can't move. Uh, the embrace between Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, uh, was already uncomfortable and long in the way they're kind of looking into each other. As it was already kind of weird something and whispering something in his ear and stuff like that. And at the, at one point as they're hugging and embracing and talking and going back to hugging and stuff, they, their, their mouths passed so close past each other. It almost looked like they were kissing. My wife is the one that picked up the remote and said, did they just kiss? I think they just kissed. <laughs> She's the one that had to rewind and check that to see if they just kissed. That's been the thing they uh, whole article about that it looked like that that they came like millimeters away from from kissing each other. That was like the only thing that was remotely interesting uh, that was worth rewinding for the entire evening. Uh, that that and Kraft looked like they almost kissed each other. That's just the, the whole the whole organization is weird. Everybody's weird. Belichick's weird. Uh, got some blonde bimbo running to, to hug him on the sideline after it's over. It's like, who the hell is that? Looking like she's 20 years younger than him. Uh, Kraft is weird. Brady's ultra weird. Uh, did you read the report or uh, hear about the report that came out uh, during Super Bowl week that the Patriots apparently think that the reason Gronkowski uh, – that the reason uh, Gronk was so beat up all season was because he was trying to do Tom Brady's training methods and TB12 methods with his quack trainer, uh, Alex Guerrero. And, and they oh, think no. he actually, they think he fucked Gronk's uh, body. I think that's why Gronk is, is, is not a hundred percent. So but everything oh, about think, that. Organization I think it was the wrestling, the partying and the porn actresses that probably got to Gronk. Perhaps. Uh, but the, the weird ass trainer might be a part of it too. That, that okay. wouldn't surprise me either. No, the hard lifestyle is certainly uh, uh, makes you wonder about him. And then he wants to get into wrestling after that. How long is that going to last? <laughs> First body week. slam he takes. <laughs> yeah, was was so does Gronk retire and he goes to WrestleMania and beats Brock Lesnar? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> The first time Lesnar gets a hold of him or anyone really, yeah. and, and first suplex in a match, Rob Gronk he's gonna be like, shatters ah! into pieces. Literally, <laughs> right. he shatters into pieces. They're gonna bring Joey Styles back. Oh my God, he's dead! <laughs> oh my God, you killed Gronk, you bastard! <laughs> what a t- 
terrible Super Bowl. Jesus Christ. Go to sleep, go to sleep, close your big bloodshot eyes, you're a dope and you're a lot, and I hope you don't wake up. A truly talatio, a tio hai retiro, niatatia, niatita, litta, tatula. Gotta love that. Gotta classic Don and Jerry. Uh, <sighs> Worst Super Bowl we've seen? Uh, Have we seen worse? Some... I reference, I always reference Steelers, Seahawks. That was, that was more bad. exciting than this. That was bad, but <laughs> this was—I think this was worse. This was boring. It's really, really that boring. That wasn't a boring Super Bowl. That was the worst officiated Super Bowl, and it I think that's why I played and so badly poorly. officiated. Yes, it was badly played, and the Seahawks just kept getting repeatedly hosed by the refs in that Super Bowl, <laughs> um, yeah. just over and over and over. Um. Yeah. Somebody the on fact the, that that's uh, not talked about. The fact that that's not talked about so much about with the bad officiating is that an entire well it could affect the Super. What would happen if this bad officiating leaked into the Super Bowl? People, it's already happened. It didn't happen to an East Coast team. Didn't count. No, it happened to Matt Hasselbeck and the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, if it happened to Roethlisberger and the Steelers, you'd never hear the end of it. Well, at that point, that wasn't quite yet, you know, Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I think that was his rookie season. I understand, but it was still the Steelers. Uh, so if it would have happened to the Steelers franchise, you'd still be ah. hearing about it. So I think this might take the cake. I mean, even the blowouts when we were growing up were sort of fun. Uh, a little them. bit. They were they were terrible, but they were they were blowouts. But at least you were watching greatness on one side of the football. Right, that was the thing. What Steve Young and Jerry Rice did to the Chargers should be criminal. Uh, but it's, <laughs> but that but at least those are all timers doing all time. Yeah, things. I believe there was a Joe Montana over the Broncos. I believe there was a fifty-five to ten in there. That also should be a crime. Um, the, the, <laughs> after the bill after the Bills' first Super Bowl loss, they were. All disasters, right? Yeah, the Cowboys um, just kept ripping them and then ripped them again. Um, and then the Redskins beat their ass somewhere yeah. in the middle of that. Uh, yeah. The around someone on the and the around the NFL podcast brought up, and I'm I have to take myself out of the running to vote for this uh, because of uh, how personal the loss was to me in, in my pocketbook. But for comparisons of a, a young quarterback. Uh, looking like a, a deer in headlights on the Super Bowl stage and completely getting destroyed. Uh, someone brought up what Kerry Collins looked like uh, going against the Baltimore Ravens defense. And because I had picked the Giants uh, for a lot of money in that game and, and <laughs> basically from the opening coin toss when the Giants yeah. win the coin toss and decide to receive uh, against the uh, – 
in contention for one of the greatest defenses of all time. Uh, and I, I got a whole Giordano's pizza ordered and I'm sitting there by myself. And before they've kicked off, I know that I lost because that's the dumbest thing I could ever imagine happening is winning the coin toss against the Ravens defense and deciding, yeah, I want to take the ball against them. And that's, that's what I want to do first is, is go on the field against yeah. that defense. It's like, what the fuck are you? What? Oh, yeah, it, it was over right then and there. They were going to assert yeah. their dominance. So I don't know if you remember that game and how awful it was, but that's that's that was a bad that's in, game. That's in contention. I, I can't vote for game. it because I, I lost so much money in that game. Colts was Bears awful. was not a very good Super Bowl. Uh in the rain. It was, a it was fairly, way better than this. <laughs> that was a better Super Bowl, but it was a bad. I'm just trying to give some perspective. Like it was bad. See, I'm, I'm pulling up bad Super Bowls. But universally, they're all better. I could I could take more of that Ravens uh, Giants. I believe that was Ravens. Yeah, it was Ravens Giants, yeah. right? I could yeah. take that because I knew I was watching greatness. I was watching defense since the '85 Bears yeah. to walk on a football field, win their Super Bowl, and you could appreciate that, and and that's what I did, and so. You were watching greatness. I did not feel like it. Were we watching greatness last Sunday? Mm, no. No. Well, you, if you listen to the hot takes, you were watching a Hall of Fame performance from Julian Edelman. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I told you I had to take some Imodium before the show. <laughs> I, you know, the best I, thing I'm I could have done saying. was DVR that game because if I'm ever having trouble sleeping, just put I'd that go on. Right on. It'll knock you right out. Um, no, we, we certainly were not watching greatness on Sunday. We were watching a team that wasn't ready for the moment at all and uh, had a, a, an, an opponent that was ripe for the picking. Again, you say the Patriots are going to go on a, in a dome on, on, uh, on a fast track and score only 13. You're like, yes, we'll take that. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take you up on that, and we'll go get our 14, and we'll take a title. And, and no, <laughs> they put up but that, but that is why oh. – that is why the coaching job done by Wade Phillips will forever go down as one of the biggest missed opportunities in a Super Bowl ever. Maybe even worse than being up on that team 28 to three, because I'll tell you what, at least Atlanta got to 28. That's, that's quite the comparison to, to the biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history, but the biggest blown opportunity I don't think it was having them down and not being able to put your foot on their throat. I think it was that you had them down. You held them completely in check for the whole game. You gave up one touchdown drive to Tommy. That out to Tommy. You gave up one touchdown drive for the whole game to that guy who's going to, you know, and that offense and stymied them and did just enough and got them off the field and created punts and created an early turnover uh, there was some, there was some, there, there was some talk about how the how Wade Phillips's defenses have kind of stymied Brady in his career, and he did sure. it again, and they couldn't do just jack shit with it. Couldn't do diddly poo. Yeah, uh, I mean, even even get to the to thirty a couple of times and and let Zerline boot you a few field goals. It, it put the they put no pressure on the Patriots. Even when it got to three three, were you excited? 
at no point was I excited uh, on Sunday. You know, usually you get towards the end of a Super Bowl if it's close, and you, and you start to get that like that finality, and you get the heart starts to feel to feel the heart bumping a little bit, and you're like, oh man, this thing's getting real tight. It's getting real close. I, I never had that feeling watching no. that game. You kind of just no, that... wanted it to be over. Yeah, put them out of their misery. The Rams look like they needed to just be put down and just go away, go back on, go back on to California and, and try again next year because this is not yeah. going to happen today. And the sad part was it was for the majority of that game, for 53 minutes of that game, all the Rams needed was a play. I, I was kind of waiting for it. Like, man, how many opportunities have the Patriots had and they just keep letting these guys hang around and, oh. Yeah, I had a bad feeling that the Rams are going to just put it together and then find those plays, and they just they never did. They almost did with the Brandon Cooks bomb that was terribly underthrown and, uh, you know, could have been a huge play, could have been interference, but. Yeah, uh, or the bad away in the end zone. Um, that that was a big one. It was a huge play. Yeah, the the – Running uh, coverage, uh, the, the the blown coverage by the Patriots, and Jason McCourty has to run over and, and pick that up and, and make the play. Yeah, it, I just knew they were going to do something like that because the Patriots just kept giving him opportunity after opportunity to, to find a way to get in there and just do something, do something. They, they did nothing the whole night. They, they just couldn't do anything. I feel bad, you know, again, just all the people who had, like, their Super Bowl parties or all the people who were watching this at sports books. It's just everybody who's just excited for the Super Bowl. Like, are the it's a national holiday. And like, that's what you got. You wake up on Christmas and there's under your tree. That's what you got. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, for anyone wondering about uh, my – performance on the pick watch website, which I was leading at the end of the regular season. Yeah. And then they start having postseason games added on. So I guess I, was, I had to keep playing through the postseason. Well, I was having a pretty bad postseason. Of course, somebody had caught me from behind to be in the lead by, uh, by one win, uh, by one, by, by one win in the, in the win column, they were up uh, on me, but they had more losses than me. So if I could find a way to pick against them and beat them, then I would be back on top uh, at the end. So what wound up happening was I'm waiting on this guy the entire two weeks to make his pick so I can pick the opposite of him. So I was in your position. I had to wait on him to make Got his pick. And I, well, no matter what he picked, I was going to have to pick the opposite. And it came all the way down to Sunday afternoon that he hadn't uh, – I don't believe he had made his pick yet. And he finally uh, made his pick first, and he picked – the Los Angeles Rams, leaving me to pick the Patriots. So thank goodness that he made the wrong choice with, with his decision, and I made the right choice with my decision uh, against you and, and picking the Patriots. But, man, that's, that's, that's the pressure. You know that you make the right pick and you win, and you don't, then it's all over, and that's, that's what happened. I was able to see that he made his Rams pick, and I was able to sneak in and get my Patriots pick. And, yes, I did sit there all the way up to – 529 central time uh, refreshing the page to make sure he didn't switch his pick to the Patriots. And then I would have to switch my pick to the Rams, but he did not do that. <laughs> so did, have you officially won? They haven't said anything on the site. I, I'm the, I, if you look at the standings, I'm number one. So 
I, I guess I won, but uh, again, the, they were always vague about what prize would be to the person uh, who won. Well, you win the points championship. I'm Jimbo. I, I, I win the points championship. No, I, Jimbo, uh, I won the, the championship. Jimbo just won the points championship, but he actually lost the league. I won. I actually won. The, I got the best percentage. I got the most tied with the most wins. However you want to slice it, I won. I just don't know if I won anything at all on the keychain. No, I may they may never. I, I, I'm on the, the Pick Watch forums. I'm looking around and I'm this close to contacting them and asking them, "Hey, uh, you, you said you're gonna have a prize for this thing. Are you, are you still gonna have a prize? I don't want to be that guy yet. It's only been two days. Uh, next week, if they haven't said anything, I might have to contact them and see what's going on. <laughs> just to hey, even get some recognition as being the winner. You have a prize. I want a prize. Send me a, a, a Rubik's Cube. I don't care. I, I want a prize. I won. I won. I don't win uh, things. This time I won, so I want something for it. All right. Well, that finishes up your po- your, your four and seven postseason. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so proud. Uh, well, I'm going to take my seven and four. I don't believe, I don't deserve my it. points championship is the <laughs> fact that I went seven and four in the postseason against you. Um, so there you go. You can you can tell that. I can. I beat the guy who was number one in pick watch for the postseason. Ooh, impressive! That sounds good. Like yeah. Make well, yourself sound good, sound sound built up and important. I like that. I'm always yeah. a fan of making yourself sound more important than you are. I'm, I'm even even when yeah, even when yeah, even when you're like you know false bravado. That's what you're all about. Damn right. I think that's. <laughs> hey, at least I'm man enough to admit it. That's all right. Yeah, we we all got to have our our lot in life. Uh, so for the rest of the uh, off seasons, the off season has now officially started. Uh, we uh, our our schedule as uh, of, of shows of as those of you who listen are already aware of is that the next thing you probably will hear from us would be some sort of Oscars preview show with Dave the movie expert. Now I have to contact, make sure that he's on board again. But he's been on board every year that we've done the podcast yeah. and last. And the only show I've ever missed, I believe, was last year's Oscar show. Yeah. You can, I can listen and, and podcast as to why you missed that show, because we wound up updating uh, as, far yes. as, as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was the, I remember the name of that podcast now, Kings of Non Sequitur, Up Close and Personal, uh, is where yes. Jason describes exactly why he, he missed last year's show. So Okay, you, let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> If you're into pain, go back and listen to to that podcast. Um, <laughs> our prediction, pain. Uh, so Oscars preview show should be next. And coming up not too long after that is March Badness. Yes, it's it's coming. It's quicker than you think. It's already February, Crazy. which means means that March Badness will be starting in about, eh, about five or six weeks or so. It's not, not that far away. Um, I'm already taping my games and trying to do my scouting and, and getting in that mode. Um, and then not too long after that is going to be a baseball preview because baseball is going to start like a it's, week after March Madness starts. <laughs> but will you? But will you have Loyola Chicago in the Sweet Sixteen like I did? Uh, <laughs> I had Loyola Chicago in the Sweet Sixteen. 
you're pumping up all your achievements. Uh, I absolutely did not have Loyola in this week. So, have to tune into March Badness to see what new predictions we can pull. Rare air on that one, having them getting that far. No question. Now, did you have them in the Final Four? Because that would have been something. I did not. <laughs> that would have really been something. I still don't know how the hell they did that. I really don't. But anyway. uh, back cuts and reverse layups. I, lots honestly, of them. Lots of. I still remember. It's like <laughs> it was ingrained in my brain. And then when they finally ran into that team, that it was like, uh oh, they're shutting that. They're shutting that down. Like, they're not letting them just do back cuts and reverse layups. I knew they were going to lose, and they did. They're like the Rams. They, they ran into a defense that shut yeah. down what they do best. Like, now what well, do we do? Uh, they could only do uh, one thing. They had one move. They found a team that figured that out and stopped the move, and they had nothing left. That was the end of Cinderella. So definitely tune in to see what, what other special pick Jason has in store for, for that one. That's another one where uh, you brag about that great accomplishment to uh, take the shine off the fact that I actually picked not just the champion, but the uh, the, the runner-up as well. I actually had the, the Villanova-Michigan matchup completely yeah. predicted before March Badness began. So clearly I won March Badness based on that. Uh, yes. So we're getting geared up for that again. We're getting geared up for baseball. We'll be uh, making our trip to – Chicago ah. in the middle of all that. So you, we'll you are officially that, you are officially in for Chicago this year. I have purchased the bus ticket already. I'm definitely going to be there. All right. So you're up Friday back Sunday. That's right. All right. I was I was waiting for the word from you to 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 book wow. the uh, to book the accommodations. So now that I know it's official, I will get on that. It is official. It's funny because I actually found, I said I wanted to try to find a place to get some rooms um, in Skokie because that's usually, you know, we're, we're out there on the north side, right? Mm-hmm. So I find there's a Holiday Inn in Skokie. And the place that we always meet for breakfast is right next door. <laughs> I was just about to say, I think there's a hotel next door to that. There is, there is, and it's reasonably affordable. So that may be where where we end up, um, which would be literally five minutes from where we have the draft, which would be so nice. That would be very nice. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've been in a Holiday Inn. Though. That's it's been a while. You'd be a lot smarter if you stayed in one. And that's what I keep hearing. Uh, <laughs> so we have that coming up, um, and then we'll get back and uh, recap, of course, the uh, the the draft, the baseball fantasy draft, which is why we go to Chicago. The Greatest yes. day in sports, as we call it. It truly is. And in, in the middle of the season, uh, of course, the uh, the draft aftermath when they when the NFL draft occurs, and lots of what uh, there's a name for what we've been doing all these years. By the way, all the other shows that we do that we just kind of jump in when some sort of you know national news or when we just feel like shooting the shit, we we break in with a special show. Those are those are supposed to be called pop up shows when we. Just oh, drop a show okay. in the middle with no warning like that. It's, it's called a pop-up show. So that's uh, we got a lot of pop-up shows that we have in the off season as well. So uh-huh. look out for all those shows coming down. The yeah, path. every once in a while we'll just kind of get that you know thing. We're like, yeah, we haven't had a show in a while. Let's have a show and talk about anything and everything. We do the old potpourri. That's what I believe what we uh, used to. Uh, we referenced it early on in the first season, second season of the show with the old Jeopardy category, where it could just be about anything. That's right. 
So, so. We, kings of non sequitur, uh, we move into that mode now. It's starting to become it's starting to become old habit. Yeah, this is what we do. We uh, start end of our sixth year of podcasting and going to be starting our seventh when we start the uh, the NFL season uh, in August. Wow, that is crazy. Time flies. All right. Yeah, I think that's, well, that's going to no. Gonna I think I'm it. ready. I think I'm ready. Uh, that Super Bowl drained me of every bit of life. Uh, put us to sleep, and we just woke yeah. up in time to do a Super Bowl recap show. I'm watching the I'm watching the snow pile up outside. I gotta get up in the morning and shovel out the driveway. That'll be fun. So back to the snow we, again, huh? Yeah, we we went from the cold to warm to everything froze over and ice and fog. Uh-huh. And today, where I'm, I'm looking out there, there's probably a half a foot of snow. That's down right now. Oof. So one of one of the one of the heavier snows that we've had so far this winter, where it was like actually like you were out in it and like you knew you were in a snowstorm. Everything else that we've had this year has just been like flurries that just kind of accumulated up to an inch or two. And you're like, oh, it's an annoyance. This actually felt like you were in a snowstorm tonight. Yeah, half a foot is not an annoyance. Half a foot is oh fuck, we gotta gotta shovel and. and out of here. Yeah. Well, so you got that, done, but spring training is starting very soon, and, and the pitchers and boys, catchers report in like two weeks. I'm ready. Boys of summer are coming back very shortly. Yeah, we'll have our so baseball that, preview, right? And you mentioned that, of course. That's right. So with that, he is Jay. I'm Dre. This has been in much less detail. The podcast football season is finally over with that shit show uh, of Super Bowl. Man, hey, this, year on the, uh, this year on the this year on the baseball show, let's try not to have all the same teams. Let's just try. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.